Boba Fett? Where? Literally everywhere. That's where Boba Fett is. Uh, welcome, everybody. This is the Resistance Broadcast. I'm John. Thank you so much for joining us on this Monday. Happy New Year to you. Our first episode of 2022. That is wild. And hopefully, in a few months, we'll be at Star Wars Celebration. It's officially the mm-hmm. year of Star Wars Celebration, the year of Star Wars. More content than the history of Star Wars. This is going to be, if it, if it holds true to what we expect to come out this year, just from a live action standpoint, there will be more Star Wars live action content put out this year than the entire Skywalker saga combined. Think about that for one second. And your second is over. James and Lacey <laughs> with me as always. What's going on, guys? How are we doing? Going good. Uh, lots of Boba Fett here, there, everywhere. Um, even yeah. in the even in the show notes, the Resistance Report this week, there's a little bit about Boba Fett that doesn't even really have to do with the book of Boba Fett or anything like that. Yeah. It's just kind of like here's another little tidbit that's getting tossed out because uh, you know people are people are revving up on this character right now. So. Um, he's everywhere. So that's good. Yeah. And we had a lot of fun on the Mando fan show, the season debut last Wednesday, uh, back in 2021. Uh, Lacey, I hate those jokes. I don't know why I did it. Lacey, what's going (laughs) on? It was last year, dude. Why are you bringing that up now? Yeah. (laughs) I thought you were going to, when you were like, Boba Fett, Boba Fett, where? I thought you were going to say on Disney plus, but Mm. you didn't. I mean, joke. Well, I'm not, I'm not Bob Chappick. It's true. Uh, I'm doing good. Like James said, we had our uh, Mando fan show last week, and it was just really awesome to chat with everybody. It was a really, really great way to kick off the latest Mando fan show, which I've been missing. I've been missing talking about Star Wars in the way of like, hey, we've just watched it, and it just aired, and let's you yeah. know, reflect on it. It's just a different feeling. you know. The hype and excitement of watching a show with other Star Wars fans is just so great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just for people who maybe have not uh had a chance to watch that live or you haven't caught it on the podcast feeds yet definitely give it a listen um especially if you want to enter to win uh the mando code bounty uh so we released the first number and we're releasing one number every episode uh and then um we're going to give you an opportunity to figure out what that is and enter to win the boba fett black series new uh re-armored version of the electronic helmet so mm-hmm. um but also, it was just a great show. Such a great time. So definitely go check that out if you want to you know, feel good talking Star Wars. It was a really good vibe last uh, Wednesday. And that's what we always try to do here, uh, whether it's TRB, Mando Fan Show, or whatever we're doing. But uh, real quick, before we get into the show, uh, speaking of Mando Fan Show, head to store.resistancebroadcast.com and uh, check out our new uh, Season 3 variant of uh, the Mando Fan Show shirt. It's green, has Boba Fett on it. And our Mando Fan Show logo, James put that together for us. So thank you, James. And it's up there in a hoodie and t-shirt. So go check it out. It will only be available through the end of uh, the Mando Fan Show, a.k.a. The, the Book trick. of Boba Fett. So February 9th <laughs> is the cutoff. So get it by then. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to, to get into a couple of our stories. So why don't we just get after it right now, James? It's the resistance. All right, guys. Uh, yeah, I kicked it off right there at the beginning. You know, I was talking a little bit about Boba Fett showing up when it really isn't even about the book of Boba Fett, but uh, the, the Kasdans, uh, you know, famously, famously are so heavily involved in Star Wars. 
um, they uh, were doing a piece for the New York Times. And they were asked specifically about the use of Boba Fett uh, and in their content, and they said, you know, Boba F- Boba was always off limits in everything that we did because he was in development elsewhere. Uh, so they uh, this kind of leads to knowing, you know, that he was also wanting to be used in in Solo, um, which is interesting too. A place where I think most fans went into solo being like, well, absolutely, Boba Fett's going to be in this. You know, they're going to mm-hmm, do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I had heard uh, years ago, um, actually, this was from um, the late, great John Schnepp. He said he he was under the impression that they were going to do the tie-in, like Solo was going to have a scene where Boba Fett shows up, and then they were going to do the Boba Fett movie. And then, like, in that, they were going to show the same scene, but, like, from his angle, and Alden was going to be oh, in it. man. They were going to do that, and and uh, I don't know how true that is. You know, I kind of took him to his word, um, but it makes sense, and we, we knew that that stuff was in development at the time, um, but as it turns out, they just kind of were like, it's, it, you know, we're, we're working on this character elsewhere, and so it, it doesn't really make sense. So I don't know how we want to start with this one. John, you're, you're our... our uh, <laughs> big make make solo to happen guy what, what were your thoughts when you hear boba fett might show up in th- solo and they couldn't use him i thought you were gonna say kazdan guy oh that too that's yeah. also true yeah <laughs> double but, points on this um one. yeah it's it's a little bit of a bummer especially because the boba fett movie never went up happening so they could have done it mm-hmm. um but that also means that that boba fett movie probably would have been around that timeline so like you're saying james now, if Boba Fett was off limits, it's usually only because of, you know, crossover and timelines and continuity issues. Like if they were planning to do Boba Fett in the time that they're doing it now, I don't see why that would have been a big deal to have Boba Fett in Solo at that time in his life. Mm-hmm. I don't see why that would have mixed things up. So I think that lends credence to what you're saying of what uh, John Schnepp had said, that there was maybe going to do some sort of like mix, like crossover thing. Um, and... uh the Boba Fett movie probably was going to originally be in that time frame. They didn't want to sort of do something and, and leave themselves restricted on what they could do with Boba Fett if they included him in Solo. So, But it's a bummer because it never wound up happening, so they could have used him in Solo, and it probably would have helped Solo out. You know, It would have been really cool to see Boba Fett in there. But at the same time, I don't know how long, I don't know canonically, if there's anything in the comics from that era of when Boba Fett started working for Jabba, but it would actually make more sense to do it in a follow-up now um, I say now, but when Han and Chewie are going to start working for Jabba mm-hmm. to have them, that's when they meet Boba Fett. And like, maybe they take a job and they, they like, he, they screw him up and he's, he gets in trouble with Jabba and he starts disliking them because of that. And that's how that feud starts. That would be really cool. So that's what my, my hope is in now that if they do make solo to happen uh whether it's a series or or whatever or even if they say you know what let's do a one-shot movie for you screw it let's just do it that boba fett would be in there and maybe be one of the primary antagonists you know get the crime syndicates in there but also get boba fett in there um boba fett seems to be really turning a lot of people onto him as opposed to how they felt um previously me included i think Lacey included um so it i think it'd be really cool if they were able to do that but hearing them you know just hearing the Kazins and, and John Kazin here specifically in that New York Times piece, just talking about Solo and, you know, things that they were thinking about, it just means it's still on his mind and he's still thinking about the what ifs and what could be's and 
you know he's got those treatments there somewhere and you know right you know there's something I feel like there's something something under the surface bubbling and I know people sometimes are like yeah you guys talk about solo too much but don't you just feel like with the comics and the Kira buzz and through those comics and you know Lacey's theory from Wednesday about Kira showing up in in Book of Boba Fett and all this solo stuff seems to be simmering, let alone what, you know, fans latched onto because of our t-shirt that we put out and wound up becoming this big thing. I don't know. I, I just feel like there's all these opportunities for them to do things that would just make a lot of sense. Uh, so even though they wanted to include him and they couldn't because he was off limits at the time, now you got to think because they did Book of Boba Fett, they put him in Mandalorian. Now it's just like, let's use Boba Fett. Let's do it. So now maybe if they do make a follow-up, they can bring him in there and maybe this happening then is uh you know one of those like a bad thing turned into a good thing because now they could use him in a follow-up so it, it, it's a kind of a bummer that we didn't get it but also at the same time it's like now we we still can though and that makes me hopeful i mean it also could have been a spider-man 3 like there were too many villains like the old Spider-Man <laughs> that, you know, where they did the venom and thing like, Oh, we're going to yeah. shoehorn Boba Fett in here too. And it's like, it would have taken away from the solo that we got, you know, but right. I, I also, I also admit that, you know, fans were freaking out when they saw like, uh, like an asteroid fly by and they're like, that's slave one. You know what I mean? Like yeah. in a trailer or something, <laughs> people wanted Boba Fett and him showing up could have brought people to the box office a little bit more. Lacey, oh, yeah. Um, thoughts on, Kazan's saying we wanted to use Boba Fett, but Lucasfilm said no. Man, I think Lucasfilm's story of the decade is blah, blah, blah is off limits. Like we heard it from Jon Favreau. We heard it from the Kazdans. They're like, nobody can touch Boba Fett, which is interesting to me only because with the way they try to tie everything in, which I, you know, you look at something like Marvel where everything is connected to a degree that's like kind of obscene of how everything's connected and the way they plan cameos and little tidbits here and there. You think that that would also translate over to Star Wars, and that's just not the case. And it seems like there's a period of time here between Solo and the Boba Fett series or movie and the Kenobi movie and all these other things that there's a period of time where Lucasfilm wasn't sure how these puzzle pieces fit together. And it kind of kept us from getting certain characters in certain movies. I said this on Wednesday and and it I think it still stands and remains true obviously is if you looked at any type of like clothing or marketing or anything about like rivals in Star Wars it would always be Boba Fett against Han Solo. Like all the time on, on you know notebooks and, and t-shirts and articles and all these other things like big countdowns like the top rivals in Star Wars it was always Boba Fett and Han Solo so to me it was surprising that he wasn't in the Solo movie even just a moment a glimpse because of yeah. what's to come um, and I think there is a story there to be told now obviously we haven't seen the rest of the book of Boba Fett so we don't know if that could be coming but mm -hmm. I think there is an opportunity here to really play into that rivalry and interesting relationship that we didn't get all the background and details in the original trilogy, but that you knew was there. There's always this feeling that you're like, eh, there's something there that we haven't really experienced yet. Um, so I'd love to see that come into fruition, but 
it's it's kind of crazy, man, when you hear these interviews with the Kasdans where they're like, we wanted to do this, we were told no. We wanted to do this, we were told no. We wanted to go into this, it didn't happen. It just makes you wonder if you could sit on one of these meetings and see what was discussed or, or you know, a notebook that was, notes were taken from these meetings of what could have been. Um, yeah. And... I just wonder what's being repurposed now that they're going in a different direction with the Disney Plus series and with the Mandalorian, how successful it was. What does this mean for these other characters that might have been tabled? Now, we've seen that change for Kenobi. Could it change for Han Solo in the way that it's changed for not just Kenobi, but also for Boba Fett? Mm. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, this makes me... like okay so you said you were saying john that you know now that this was kind of the way that it was and that story that boba fett situation ended maybe now is the time that they could do both this still kind of makes me feel like say they are doing the 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 han and and chewy adventures or solo two. say they're gonna do that it makes me feel now that if lucasfilm at one point was saying no you can't use boba fett because we're already currently using boba fett in a different era or different timeline or whatever Mm-hmm. that now that they've opened up the door with the book of Boba Fett and he's going to be involved in the Mandalorian, he's going to be involved in like the crossover, possibly Ahsoka, you know, all these things. It might feel like they're saying that's our Boba Fett for right now. That's the Boba Fett we're promoting. It's this Boba Fett of this era of this time. And we don't want a conflicting Boba Fett showing up here, you know? And that that scares me because I'm like, you're Star Wars. Like you you know. Yeah. Get on the same page or something and and figure out, you know, your your canon and what you know what's gonna happen. Let let these guys know that in mm-hmm. this story, this this happened to Boba Fett, and maybe that can be future writing or future storytelling or something. But then just make sure that your team over here isn't doing something like giving him some crazy origin story that doesn't line up with your Mandalorian stuff. Look, if all these other companies can do it, like, why can't you? And you guys are already oh, yeah. doing it with, like, all the authors of, like, uh, the oh, High Republic God, stuff. Yeah. You guys got, like, five different stories that are all happening at the same time in different books and stuff. Things can be worked out. So I don't, I don't yeah. feel that's a reason, but it's a bummer that Lucasfilm is setting down a precedent here by saying, oh, you want to use Boba Fett, a very popular character? He's off limits because we're working, we're developing the Boba Fett story over here. You know, and it's like, uh, yeah, but can't you? They, they did it, just they did do it with it? Luke, you know? Like, they, yeah. we got sequel trilogy Luke, and a year later, we get Return of the Jedi CG Luke in The Mandalorian. I agree. I, I, agree. I, I honestly think it just had to do with that Josh Trank movie and it was probably going to be young rogue Boba Fett around the time of Solo and they didn't want to cross paths with the writing and 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 pigeonholing themselves into something. It like I said if if it was always going to be this timeline where it was after Sarlacc and all that, I don't think it would have been an issue. The the, the whole he's off limits thing to me just screams like it's around that time so we can't do right. that. And, but also again they told to, that to Favreau too. That's what I'm yeah, saying. It's like they told right. it to everyone, it seems like. So d- also, everyone seemingly wants to do Boba Fett stuff. <laughs> Whether it was solo timeline or Mandalorian timeline didn't well, really matter. That, okay, that's different because then you're talking about two different Boba Fett projects, and that's too much Boba Fett. That's different. Whereas so. having, 
having him appear in a solo series could be like he appears in Empire Strikes Back. He's in it for five minutes. He has four yeah. lines. He does cool stuff. If you're not ever going to do a Boba Fett movie and a Boba Fett series at the same yeah. time. Yeah. It Although, is interesting enough, though, no, that all these people were like, hey, can I do a Bo- <laughs> can I get a Boba Fett project going? And they're like, another one. Yeah. yeah. They're like, we, they're like Josh Trank is the one. <laughs> yeah. The one. Oof. Big I oof. think he made another movie. <laughs> so, And I like Chronicle. Hey, I like Chronicle. But then he just took like big Fantastic dives after Four. that. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, um, yeah. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about our next story here, which is uh, the fact that you know we we don't know exactly if this is going to be that Tales of the Jedi thing or not, but there mm-hmm. is now an official listing for the company uh, Icon, the Icon Creative Studio, who've been involved in many uh, uh, projects of CG, you know, animated value, especially even for Disney, uh, like Elena of Avalar, the Rocketeer monsters of work, stuff like that. Um, Mm -hmm. and this particular, uh, company put out, uh, a thing that says, Hey, we're working, we're doing an exciting new project with Lucasfilm. Um, you can see that they have multiple projects line up and one of them is, is this Lucasfilm thing that's coming up. So the, the, it looks like the icon studio creative studio is going to be working on a new animated project. Um, and I believe there's even the term like high end that was used. So it's not, it's not, um, like a kitty throwaway thing, kind of like the Rocketeer is, you know, it's, it's going to be a show that, uh, is seemingly more like a, a resistance, a clone wars, a bad batch, something along those lines, but they're going to put a lot of energy into it. So it's coming. Um, we don't have a title obviously, but with the tie into that recent tales of the Jedi thing, Seems there might be a handshake going on there. Lacey, what were your thoughts on uh, this new animated project that kind of seemingly in the works? Well, my first question, as always, is why is this such a secret? That's my first question. <laughs> my number one with everything. Question. It's like uh, a public secret. Like, hey, we don't want anybody to know, but we're hiring and we want everyone to know that we're project. hiring. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. It's like, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The most Mixed often, vibes. N- not to interrupt, Lacey, but the, the most often word used in Lucasfilm is unannounced. Yeah, that's totally true. And I think they do that so that they can... Honestly, I always fall back to this, and I and I apologize, guys, but it's only from my own experience, is like I always fall back to the panel thing for Celebration where they now say, and special guests, because they don't want to give the opportunity of having to cancel someone like a scheduling conflicts type thing. So now they just put this bucket term of and special guests with the confirmed people so that if someone doesn't show up like a Harrison Ford in 2015, you know, 2014, 2015 for the Force Awakens panel because he crashed his plane, they can't then say, oh, he's not coming or you'll be disappointed because he was never announced to begin with. So I look at something like this where they're like unannounced. You're like, okay, well, clearly you know exactly what this project is. You just don't want to say that if something happens or it doesn't come out, then you're not held accountable for that said project. That being said, um, I would assume that this is the Tales of the Jedi thing from that Lucasfilm gift. It's just so strange that if they have a logo and they have probably a synopsis of what this project is, why they haven't released that. 
why not get your fans excited, especially after Disney Plus Day where we got kind of a lot of nothing. This could have been an easy thing to put up there as something that's happening, but I think it falls back on the they've had a lot of problems and they've had a lot of stuff get canceled or moved around yeah. or reworked this so is many the times. Benioff and Wise, Ryan Johnson gets his own trilogy announcement yep. before Last Jedi drops all over again. It's just that yep. we're just seeing the ramifications of all that. They're like, we don't want to announce anything or tell anybody anything. And I think, James, you put it perfectly a couple months ago when we were talking about this in relation to Marvel, where Marvel has cha- had changes in, in in production issues themselves, especially like even with Doctor Strange, they changed directors. But even then you were just like, OK, fine. It seems like with Lucasfilm, it's become this bigger thing because it's a consistent issue. Yep. Um. But yeah, so I think it's definitely Tales of the Jedi. I would assume that's what it is based on, uh, you know, the stuff we discussed with the whole gift box thing from Lucasfilm where it's on the side with the other animation, Bad Batch and Visions. It just makes sense that that's what this project is. Um, It is interesting that they're just hiring now for that project, but it could be that they're already underway with work and they just need more people on hand. That's the way um, I kind of took it too. Is it seemed yeah. like it was a little bit more like they specifically mentioned modeling and texturing, which is like yeah. probably long after characters yeah, have been developed and built. the scenes yeah. and the 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 wireframes and storylines of all the where they're going, and they're just at the lat. You know, they're hiring those last uh, the CG detail people and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, so I'm excited to see where this goes. What time period it takes place. Um, I know we thrown around on here like uh, this would be an easy way to bring back Luke Skywalker uh, with or without Mark Hamill. I think his voice is a little on the older side, uh, even though he's super talented and I would love that just based on his Forces of Destiny little short that he did. It just sounds a little too old to play a younger Luke Skywalker, but they could use the technology that they used in The Mandalorian to support that. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I'm really excited to see what this could be and I hope we find out sooner rather than later, but I think we're going to say this a lot this year, guys. So get ready for it. You're probably going to hear about this at celebration (laughs) if it happens, which I'm assuming it will, but I think we're going to be saying that a lot this year leading up to celebration, especially after not having anything for two years. Uh, we're going to hear a lot of, uh, Hey, we're going to hear about that then. So hopefully they deliver on that. Mm-hmm. John, uh, Icon Creative Studio, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's cool because, and th- and this was a you know a thing we found on Reddit, and um, Grant did a good job of sort of piecing things together, and we did some digging on like the president's LinkedIn page, and like you know you can really if you take a few minutes and do some digging, sometimes you could find some pretty cool stuff, and mm-hmm. on the the president and CEO's LinkedIn page for Icon Creative Studio. Like you said, James, under recent high-end CG series, it's Monsters at Work, which is you know the very popular uh, series um, off of uh, Monsters Inc. on Disney Plus. Right. Uh, the Transformers, um, Nickelodeon CG series, uh, Supernatural for Paramount Plus, unannounced Lucasfilm series, right there, CG producers. So, you know, we were wondering, like, well. But let's not jump and say this is definitely animated. And then you look at all these other things because this this studio does live action stuff too. They did a right. whole like snow setting for this live action war film that didn't have any snow. They literally just added all the snow to the to the ground, the background stuff. They do that sort of stuff too. But the pattern of all these high end CG series fit this whole uh, mold. Um, right. So 
it's curious to see what type of series that means. Does that mean it's like a Rebels? Uh, I'm not really sure what that means, but uh, it does definitely seem like it's going to be some sort of Disney Plus animated series. That whole Tales of the Jedi thing being that, like Lacey said, it was on that gift box, which means it's one of the more closer things to happening um, would make sense, but it could be something else entirely. But either way, I like the fact that um, they're exploring this type of animation. They're going forward with a new project, and uh, I'm just excited to, to find out what it is. Um, I'm always eager to to find out where they're going with animation, especially now that Dave Filoni, at least we believe, has moved on now. He's now more of a higher executive in the creative world for Lucasfilm. He's in the live action realm. He obviously has aspirations for directing, and it seems like he's sort of stepped away and moved on from animation. Not to say animation's below from a creative standpoint, but the big game hunting is live action, and it he always just has will different be, goals. Know? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's the, that's the big money maker is the live action stuff. I mean, I don't think that's a slight. That's just a fact. And he's moving up in his career, and like I said, he's one of the more uh, higher executives now in the creative end for Lucasfilm. So I'm just really curious to see who takes the reins. Who's going to be the new Dave Filoni for animation? Are they going to have that type of person, or is it going to be one of those things where they kind of parse it out? Um, so. All the stuff is interesting to me. I like hearing about, you know, this technology because I like animation in this way. I think it's very attractive to the eye. It keeps even kids' attention. I've noticed with my my kids, love like that Pixar look, sometimes more than 2D type. Um, that's why maybe something like Resistance may not have hit as much with the younger audiences. I'm not really sure. That's just speculation. Mm-hmm. But again, the overarching thing for me is who is who is overseeing this now who's the who's the new animation guru over there at lucasfilm very curious who they got and whether it's someone maybe dave filoni uh had as an understudy the way sort of george lucas had dave as his so um it's all very well he's doing he's got his podcasts to do in video gaming right so <laughs> um no but it's it's all very exciting I, I look forward to hopefully finding out some more details on this and if it is that tales of the jedi thing um it sounds like a good title. We just don't know what it is, whether it's Luke Skywalker stuff like we talked about last week or if it's like Old Republic stuff. Either way, uh, can't wait to find out some more details on this and maybe get back into some good Star Wars animation like Rebels, which is probably my favorite out of the the animated stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, you guys said everything that I'm thinking. There's not a whole lot more to add to this. The The only thing that popped into my head while you guys were saying it that I was like, that I'm like, hey, I do not know this. This is me. I'm making this up. But like, maybe because we just got visions. Um, the the term "Tales of the Jedi" to me seems like anthology. It seems like you're gonna get uh three episodes of this, and it's this story, and then three episodes of this. Kind of going back to that Clone War style, and it doesn't even necessarily. I mean, like, it's all canon, but it doesn't like fit in chronologically. It's just tales of the Jedi, different stories. So maybe the reason they're looking for some of the some outside studios would be because they want to animate them differently. Like they're like, hey, we've got everything that we want for these things, but and and we normally would use these studios, but since we're doing like four or five different tales, um, we're we're looking for a little bit of outreach to finish out these these last details to give each one of our stories its own independent look. Um mm-hmm you know, and style that's at the end point. of the uh, process here. And so that's why they're looking just for that little bit of outreach. But Tales of the Jedi as the series is put together, 
um, is has been long worked on and put together and they sent out their packages and everything like that. And just now they're looking for those final details as they put on the, the polish. So I don't know. That's my last little thought. I don't know that that doesn't, it, it probably doesn't make any sense to an animator. They're like, that's not how it works, dude. <laughs> but yeah. on, on the outside, like looking in, I'm like, I don't know. It seems that makes maybe a little bit of sense why they would put this out there, you know? Um, right. Yeah. Moving on to the next story here, we just want to give a little highlight to, um, I guess, Star Wars Newsnet just in general, because we are regularly, like, if you are not keeping up with the comics and the books and other other Star Wars media that's happening, Star Wars Newsnet is. Um, so every week, if you want to check in with the site, you don't have to buy the comic. You can We put the, we put screenshots in, we give you the gist, we tell you the story, we tell you the spoilers, everything. Um, we kind of want to take a second to talk here a little bit about uh, a review that we did recently, which is making plans for Crimson Dawn in Marvel's Darth Vader 19. Um, as you guys know, uh, War for the Bounty Hunters has been going on for a long time. They've moved into Crimson Rain, uh, and uh, there's a lot going on there with uh, Kira, and now we're starting to think maybe there's a chance she's tied in with Book of Boa Fett and all sorts of other stuff. So I- I'm b- bouncing back at you, John. Um, thoughts on all this Crimson dawn stuff happening in the comics and how it's so tied in over there what are they doing are they seeding things so they know what's up so you know how i feel about vader in the comics and i'm just like give me the live action vader stuff man come on but i feel like anytime they place vader in a comic they want people to pay attention to it because more people are going to look at a comic with Darth Vader in it than one that doesn't have him in it. Now, I say that because this is Crimson Dawn. So they put Vader in there to conflict with Kira and her agents. That, to me, says Lucasfilm Publishing. You know, it's like when a band plays their best hits at the end of the show and like they, they want people to, to, to talk about that they... Oh, did they play the new album or did they play the old stuff? They played the old stuff. All right, yeah. I want to go see them to play the old stuff. That's Darth Vader in Star Wars. He's the he's the 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 top ten hit, or the top one hit, number one hit. So, I think that's them saying Lucasfilm Publishing. Look, you know we we like selling our comics and stuff. We want to make sure this one gets some eyeballs on it. Get Vader in the mix with the Crimson Dawn stuff. To me, that's like they're really pushing this Crimson Dawn stuff, without a question. So that was the first thing that came to my mind. Anytime you see Vader in a comic, they want eyeballs on it more so than not, especially if it's not just his story. Him, you know fawning over Padme's death or like conflicting with the emperor or looking for Luke Skywalker or whatever. This is sort of like, he's a, he's, it's not just his story. It's Darth Vader comic, but they're blending in all these other more modern new star Wars stories into his world. And I think it's more, even though it's a Darth Vader comic, it's more to help lift the new stuff up and Mm -hmm. use him as the vehicle for that. So that's Mm -hmm. how I kind of see this. Um, I haven't read the comic, but, uh, like you said, James, you put it perfectly. The reviews by, you know, led by Kyle, who's, who's, uh, because we've had some people who used to do reviews who aren't around anymore. And Kyle's been doing a lot of heavy lifting and we have a lot of uh, others on the team doing reviews as well. But, and it's not to, and this has to be said, this isn't to snipe, you know, oh, don't buy the comic cause you'll get it here. Cause we're not mm-hmm. showing, you know, we don't show every frame, every cell, every page. Um, this is for people who can't afford these comics. Oh, or or just uh, aren't going to buy them anyway and you want to get the story, uh, that's, that's basically who that's for. And that's me. You know, I, I, I'm never going to buy these comics, but I like to keep up with the canon. And they say that these things are just as important in terms of canon. So 
fans who of Star Wars, it's important for them to know the story just as much as it is to to buy the comics. So mm-hmm. um, that's my that's my takeaway on it. Not too much, but the Crimson Dawn, it, it just keeps popping up. So something bigger is coming. Um, and it might be sooner than later, but uh, it gets me excited because that's always a little tied to Solo. And uh, I'm very eager to find out how this all came to be and how Kira got to this point, which mm-hmm. hopefully is something they tell between her and Han in future live action stuff. So then, Lacey, what what are your thoughts on uh, Darth Vader and when he appears in comics? I mean, this is his run, so it's more kind of like Crimson Dawn is kind of popping into his thing. Um, yeah. Do you think that means something? Or are you bought in on uh, what John is saying when Lucasfilm says, you know, the comics matter? I mean, is this, like I said, seeding something for later? I think that they keep making Darth Vader comics because they sell. Because Darth Vader is one of those characters that as soon as you see him, you know exactly who he is, if you like Star Wars or not, and you want to know what's going on. And I think that fans that purchase comics for Star Wars and read the comics are definitely probably more on the original trilogy, older fan side. And I would assume that they're bigger Darth Vader fans than probably the newer characters or sequel trilogy characters. So to go back to, you know... If you were to sit in a meeting with Marvel or some type of publisher and be like, what character should we focus on? It's kind of like Timothy Zahn with Thrawn. It's like, Mm -hmm. why don't we keep making Thrawn books if people like Thrawn books? So why don't we keep making Darth Vader comics if those are the ones that sell? Um, I would love to see, obviously, we're going to get more Vader in the Kenobi series. John brought this up a while ago of doing a Vader series. I think that there's still more that you can do with Darth Vader if you're looking to get attention with that character and paint him as the evil guy that he is, because that's something that I think people don't realize happened when Disney took over uh, Lucasfilm early on is that they wanted to take the joke out of some of these characters, including Darth Vader. So Mm -hmm. you won't see Darth Vader painted as a joke on anything anymore or, uh, you know, Star Wars weekends when he was running around dancing and stuff, you won't see that anymore. Because they want him to be seen as the biggest villain of all time. Which, which good for them because they should. Yeah, and I think that doing have you seen the gif of Boba Fett like doing the dance thing and stuff? Yep. It's like you don't, you can't go to Disney World and see that anymore. Yep. Because and you should. should I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 So they kind of like revamped the characters, and I know I fell into this bucket with working for Star Wars Celebration. Is I kind of got a. A little note of, hey, you can't speak on behalf of characters. You can't do this on social media. You can't do this in marketing. They have a very particular way that they want certain characters seen. And Darth Vader is definitely one of those characters that they want him seen as the bad guy. Uh, And they might go into like the emotional stuff in the comics of who he was when he was Anakin. But overall, they want him to be the rogue one running down the hallway, killing people guy. Um, so I would love to see more of him outside of the comics. Like why just keep that character to the comics when there's so much more to be told with that character? Um, so yeah, I guess we'll see, but I can see it branching from the Kenobi series of being more than just, Hey, let's rehash his and Kenobi's relationship because he did a lot of stuff during the time that he was Darth Mm -hmm. Vader. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. I think that's, that's one of my main takeaways from, 
the fact that they've done three Darth Vader series now is I'm like, right. it's very clear that the Darth Vader series stories work and that people are it paying attention to. It just reminds me of Thrawn. Them. They keep making Thrawn books <clears throat> because people love the Thrawn books. Yeah, but to me, even still, like with Thrawn, I'm like, I don't care. I mean, I want Thrawn to exist <laughs> in all worlds. Care. No, I don't care that he exists in the in the in the written world. Like that's fine. No, I know. With me. It's just funny that you said it. You were like, I'm just like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you can quote him. <laughs> yeah. No, that but uh with a character like Darth Vader though, I'm constantly every time I'm reading the comics, I'm like, man, this would have been awesome in live action. Mm-hmm. Like and and that's not the case with all the comics. Sometimes I'm like, I get why this is here. You know, and you want to tell the stories, it probably would be awesome in live action too, but that's not my general takeaway from a lot of the comics sometimes. I'm like, these comics exist because they're comics and they're stories and they're fun and, and they're good. But mm-hmm. it Darth Vader is one of the characters that when he's regularly doing stuff in the comics, I'm always like, Oh, I don't know, man. Like, why isn't why are they telling this story of Darth Vader now in a comic? You know, oh, yes. when they could just I be agree. doing the live action version of it. I don't know. It's tough. Um, uh, <sighs> that being said, um, I, I, I was also going to move on to the the High Republic stuff because again, that that it's all kind of in the same vein. It's like there's some there's really cool Star Wars stories out there. I've been a I've been pro read the books, read the comics. You know what I mean? There's good stuff going on um with it too and, yeah you and go high, first on that uh, you go first on this one on the high republic thing yeah, yeah yep. the, the interesting thing about this next thing and, and what the story is is the fallen star is right around the corner it's coming out in january and um like january 4th so it's is really this still like, phase one by the way <clears throat> no we're in phase two the, so this fallen star is phase <clears throat> two I th- yeah even the last bit has been in phase two okay oh i thought they were just finishing phase one Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I I'm speaking from like I'm not sure. I just know there were phases. Uh huh. I didn't. Anyway, um, go ahead. Yeah, it would be. Uh, yeah, maybe I should look in to see exactly where the Fed because I've been following the story, but like you know how it goes. I think maybe sure, I'm not sure. really sure of like where they what they consider to be Marvel Phase Three or what you know what I mean. Was that right? Uh, right. Far from home or uh, End Game? I don't know. Um, so where that exact line is drawn, but this is the fallen star. And this is, in my opinion, like the third major, uh, story. Um, because you had, uh, you had your, like a new hope, you know, like everything's like great. And you had that story, uh, that's light of the Jedi, you know, and then, and then you came in with another novel where everything just kind of gets wrecked. Like you expect them to be fine. And then like midway through the book, just things start happening. They're getting hit so hard uh, by the Nile that it's just like, uh, you, you know, it's the Empire Strikes Back. It's like, you know, we're, we're falling apart here. And it looks like based on the cover, which, you know, I saw some people were saying spoiler or what I, <laughs> it's the cover of the book, you know? So yeah, the, it looks like the Starlight Beacon is going to be destroyed and it, it's coming down, it's crashing and everything. So it's very clear that uh, the Jedi are now like even more so losing. And I don't want to call this the return of the Jedi, but it, but to me, this is like the third big step. That's kind of why it gets confusing with the phases. 
Cause like right. we're not in phase three yet. Well, they're like losing. So I don't, I, you know, I don't know where, yeah. <laughs> where those lines are drawn, but the fallen star, especially in this particular excerpt is, um, just a character being like, I didn't think it could get any worse. And it was like, you know, she's running around. She's saying for the first time she was legitimately goes, scared can, more than she, or it does. Yeah. Um, she's legitimately scared, uh, more so than she's ever been, uh, even for her own life, you know? And it's like, just so many bad things are happening. So if you're, you know, if you're paying attention, like, uh, I think these are, these are great stories. So we should be checking them out, but I don't know. Any, any thoughts from uh, you guys on the excerpt and the high Republic and anything like that? My, my only quick thing is that it, it's just, it's funny how they're like, the, the high Republic is a time of peace and it's, this is how they pitched it. It's a time of peace and the Jedi are, great and everything's going great and that's that, that's the that's the time of the high republic and then like i ah, was just kidding everyone's dying it's gonna be horrible <laughs> the high republic Cor- isn't <laughs> interesting because it feels a lot like it's like star wars in reverse like oh the empire was thriving and we created the death star and everything was going out and then these rebels came in and they're yeah, just yeah. destroying it and it's our beacon of hope it's our it's our answer yeah. our prayer of everything you know what i mean so it's like it's the reverse of that where like the jedi are all happy and everything's good and everything's going well but these people who just generally just disagree like you know fundamentally to quote <laughs> mark hamill i fundamentally disagree uh yeah <laughs> They just want they want to see that burn. They just want to take it down, and uh, the Jedi just are getting you know hit from the side, and they just don't they don't understand who would ever want to take down the Starlight Beacon. It's this galactic hope centerpiece, you know. Yeah, but they're yeah, having so, to experience and- it and see what, and we're gonna see how that changes that changes the Jedi to be the Jedi that we see in Phantom Menace and sure, and, and the Acolyte. Cool. You know, we're going to get that too. Who knows, you know, what where that's going to go. But and Phantom I, Menace, I think, being the main element. <clears throat> it, yeah, it, it, and anyone who listens to the podcast know that I have a hard time reading Star Wars. It's just, it just doesn't work for me. I have a hard time absorbing it. You should it have just ended attention. it reading, period. <laughs> no, I like, well, it's not necessarily true, but... Um, it just doesn't stick, and it. I always see Star Wars as a visual thing, and it always has been for me. Uh, but I'm happy, you know. Everyone loves Claudia Gray, who who reads Star Wars books, so I think people are pretty jazzed about it. And she seems to be having fun with the idea of killing Jedi. So I like that that little <laughs> twist uh, to the dark side for her. So I think it should be cool for a lot of people. I look forward to sort of getting caught up on the cliff notes of it and uh, seeing, like you said, where it takes the uh, trajectory of the Jedi. Uh, which is something that does interest me. So cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lacey, any thoughts or do we want to wrap it up? Well, I was definitely, I'm not someone that's been keeping up with it, like reading everything, but I've been trying to keep up with like little bits and pieces of who's who and how the canon works and stuff like that. But I know I was one of the people that tweeted out this book cover because it's just so tragically beautiful. It's like yeah. such this like kind of picturesque s- sunset image uh, and I jokingly tweeted it with, I have a bad feeling about this because you see the thing crashing to the ground in the background. And I got a lot of spoiler alert. Oh, warn us next time. And I was like, but it's a book cover. Like, this is what they put out. People get too far. I mean, come on. They get too uh, far with I that. don't think people Jeez. knew it was the book cover, which is fine. But I, I can promise you that I would never, ever openly put out a spoiler like that, ever. 
Um, but I have to agree with John. It's like I kind of if you had asked me what the High Republic was, I would have been like, well, it's the high time of the Jedi. It's, you know, the, <laughs> the wonderful, peaceful time. And then I look over and it's always like every tweet I see about the High Republic is I'm crying. This person's dead. How could you do this to me? Said author. I'm gutted. And I'm like, is it a is it a high, wonderful time? <laughs> is it, is yeah. it a beautiful time for the Jedi? Or is I mean, it like a very that, terrible, sad, emotional time? That's why I've been enjoying the books is for whatever sure. reason, they're, they're treating them. They're like, hey, these are the Jedi and they're great and they're heroic and you respect them in every way. And then you have a villain and a group of people that are just so bad and i and i don't even mean bad in the sense of like i'm a bad guy so i do bad things you know kind of thing (laughs) like it it is like you kind of understand their their sense of wanting to just kind of like it's like joker for instance like you know like i just want to i want to see the chaos chaos. thrive Yeah. yeah and so you understand where they're coming from and i really think that he is a great villain um Mm -hmm. And so, so watching him plan out and and lay out all his things, and then you know you get to the end of a book, and like you know like the, this character, or that character dies, or what you know the things that happen, you're always like, that's messed up, because it really it feels like <laughs> it feels like you're watching Last Jedi, and then like they kill Poe or something, and like right, right. oftentimes in the in those movies, I feel like oh it's Star Wars, and you got these characters, and those are your main ones but like with the high republic you guys will remember like they're like and here's a character and here's one and here's one and it felt like there were so many but with that liberty you have the time to uh build out all of those characters and develop them and then you still have the liberty to like kill a lot of them off you know right right it's kind of uh game of thrones in that aspect like i never watched it but that was the aspect that i get is you You learned to like a lot of characters and with a lot of characters meant you had the liberties to kill off a good amount of them and still have main characters did they kill the jedi wookie yet i can't say spoiler alert john (laughs) isn't this stuff already out what what do we, no, what I'm we just I'm just saying. Um, no, I, yeah, I Bo- uh, Boba Fett escaped the uh, Sarlacc. I mean, there's a chance that he's <laughs> on the Starlight Beacon. You don't know, you know, <laughs> when it goes down. I'm just messing. John's playing around. All right, but that's uh, yeah, that's the the High Republic. Falling Fallen Star is right around the corner, if not like coming out like tomorrow, basically. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so check that out, and uh, that's gonna wrap up Resistance Report this week. Lacey, we got uh, section two, segment two. What are we doing? All right, guys, it's time for the Patreon pod race. So it is the first pod race of 2022. Got to get used to saying that. Um, And first of all, if you like the show, make sure to comment, like, subscribe on YouTube. Uh, Helps us grow there. Also, leave a comment. Uh, you can follow us on any audio platform, including Spotify, which now lets you rate episodes or yes. rate the show. Mm-hmm. So please do that if you have the time. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at RBATSWNN or on Instagram at The Resistance Broadcast. Um, if you want more than that and you want to support what we're doing here as we head into quite possibly the biggest year in Star Wars ever and you support everything that we do about making new content and talking about Star Wars and going to shows and much more, uh, you can head over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast starting at $2 a month. You say, hey, I'm a part of the base. I want to support what you're doing. 
I believe in Star Wars and what you guys are trying to do here. Um, and you get tons of cool stuff like exclusive mini episodes every week. Um, and as you go up, you get Discord access to an exclusive server, which is super fun. Uh, mailings and much more. Uh, live streams, what have you. Uh, and then our top tiers, our generals and spice runners get a chance to be a part of the show. And this is that segment where we ask them a question. They give us their answer and we talk about it a little bit. But before we get to that, I want to thank those people. So thank you to our generals, Carmelo, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Paul Olson, Oliver Lewis, uh, Frank Grande, Joe Ritchie, Darth Hurricane, John Charlton, Nick Kratz, Christian Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Nathan Shank, and Val Trichkoff. Thank you guys so much for being generals. Our spice runners, the spiciest bunch. Uh, we got David Probus, Neil Shaw, Double C Chris, Kendall Gelnar, Ryan Wara, Dave Hornack, Micah Harrison, and Thomas Hennessy. Thank you guys so much for supporting the resistance. We can't wait to see what this year's will this year will bring, and your support helps us get there. Uh, so this week we have General Frank Grande. What up, Frank? Brian. And we asked him, uh, with Yoda being one of your favorite characters, do you want to learn more about him, uh, his species, homeworld, who trained him, etc.? Or do you prefer those things remain a mystery? Uh, so, Frank, take it away. Hey, guys. How's it going? So, Yoda, one of my all-time favorite characters. Do I want to learn more about him? Yes. To an extent. I want to learn about his early days as a Padawan, how he was trained, who trained him, a lot of his early adventures, and what he learned to become the Grandmaster Jedi. But as far as species, I'd rather that remain a mystery. However, I do think it would be pretty cool if one day Grogu meets the Force ghosts of Yoda, and Yoda uses the Force to show Grogu all his knowledge and memories of their race. And all we see are just quick flashes of images of Yoda's memories of their people. And nothing's ever said, but by the end of it, Grogu smiles because he finally has answers of where he comes from and who he is. And I just think that'd be pretty cool. So, but that's kind of what some of the things I want to see in future stories of Yoda. So I hope you all had a Merry Christmas and hope you have a happy new year and may the force be with you. Nicely done, Frank. Love your poster. Big Grogu fans here. Uh, John, what did you think? I, I love that he doesn't, even as big of a Yoda fan as he is, he would like to keep the species and that stuff a mystery um, to fans. And his workaround is that Yoda could have a moment with Grogu where he tells him, but we don't hear it. Mm -hmm. I think that's really cool because it would give Grogu some sense of belonging and closure on to where he's from originally because um, we really don't know his backstory either. But also, it preserves the mystery that sort of George Lucas always wanted to keep about Yoda was like, you know, I'm going to beat you over the head with everyone's origin story, including <laughs> yeah. C-3PO's. God help us. Um, but not Yoda's. And I, I think that might be something that they preserve. So I think you're right, Frank. I think you did a great job. Uh, thanks, as always, for your support. You're always so active in the chats and uh, commenting on the episodes and engaging with us on Twitter everywhere. So... That always means a lot. So uh, thanks a lot, man. Great job. And Happy New Year. James? Um, man, Frank, uh, you know, before this, I might have said the perfect pod race doesn't exist. Uh, but I agree <laughs> with this like a thousand percent. Yeah. 
Um, it's it's not it's not easy to say. Do you want to learn more about this character or not? Because yes, absolutely. And anytime Yoda has been involved in stories, um, it, you know, we were just talking about the High Republic. Like, it doesn't matter if it's in the High Republic. It doesn't matter if it's like fifty years before Phantom Menace or what. You know what I mean? Whatever you want to say. Like, um, there's there's times when they've used him in the comics and stuff and, and it just, or Clone Wars, you know, anytime Yoda's involved, I'm like, mm-hmm. I want to hear those stories. I want to know about the adventures that he went on. I want to know more about that character and, and I want to see him and how he became the way that he became, but don't cross the line. You know what I mean? Don't overexpose, overuse Yoda. Don't, um, don't show us, uh, the secret things about like his origin, you know what I mean? Kind of stuff. Um, I think, uh, I think that you're exactly dead on, on, on exactly how to, how to go with this and your example of him communicating with Grogu. Cause I mean, it has to be Grogu cause you know, we have a couple other, uh, of his species that, you know, are here or there in Canon, but Grogu is the one that I think we're going to connect to the most as far as, you know, like you see Yoda and Grogu talking together. It's, it's when they have. They would have had to known each other because they were in the mm-hmm. temple at the same time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and the same is is Yaddle and Yaddle. Uh, recently in High Republic related content, uh, spoke, and she does not speak like Yoda. So the funny thing about him is I or her is that I still think about the Clone Wars panel thing. at San Diego Comic Con where Dave Filoni was like, "Yeah, I'd always ask." Uh, George about Yaddle and he'd be like we're not talking about Yaddle we don't talk about Yaddle <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, it just makes me laugh but I th- I thought that was interesting when I was you know in the middle of that story and the character shows up and then she's talking and you're like this is just normal basic talk this is not like Yoda right. speaks so Right. That is very. It, it's a. I think I brought it up at the time, but like that's a sign that Groku doesn't necessarily speak like Yoda. I don't know if that's a species thing that she overcame, or whatever. But right. as soon as you start to question things like this, then you're like, well, then what's wrong with Yoda? And I just want that to be like a Yoda or a species thing, you know? And you're, you're starting to answer questions that I don't want answered. So keep yeah. it. But but then again, we're gonna have to hear Grogu talk, right? That's gonna happen. So that particular question, <laughs> yeah, please. Boo. I mean, maybe they already made that decision, and that's why they move forward with the Yaddle thing to kind of like set us up, seat us, Is it like Yaddle they are with the UFOs. Yaddle. I say both. I, I, I Han, Han and Han. Yeah, I Han and Han it. Yeah, um, you Han and Han it. I Han and Han it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you Leia and Leah it? Uh, not as much as I Lando Londo it. That's not you Londo. <laughs> Do you Londo? <laughs> Um, that's it. Yeah, great pod race. Uh, loved it. Thank you, General Frank Grande. You're awesome. Back to you, Lysy. <laughs> that was just Southern. <laughs> uh, I thought Frank, I was Australian. Frank, I think you did a good job. You know, yeah, it's yeah. it's interesting with any of these questions about like finding out more about a character because I feel like if you asked me a couple of years ago, I'd probably be like, yes, tell me every single detail about this person. Yes, tell. But there's something that's really comforting and not knowing every single thing about a character or story. I think nowadays we kind of fall into that due to fandom and just the world we live in with the internet and everything. It's like everybody needs to know every single detail and, and small little crumb about uh, character and where they fall into the bigger picture and where does the storyline go and what plan is it on and all these things 
And I think like Yoda is one of those characters that I've kind of taken comfort in knowing that there we don't know things about him. We don't know where he's from. We don't know why he talks the way he talks. Uh, it just is. So when we got these Book of Boba Fett promotional things like the Boba Fett legacy piece that's on Disney Plus, every single person that came on screen was talking about how mysterious Boba Fett was. And that's what made him so cool and that we didn't know everything about him and we didn't know his backstory and what he looked like and all this stuff. Um, And I kind of feel like we need a little bit more of that from time to time of not knowing everything and being okay with it. I feel like we fall into this like, oh. We need to know every single character and where they came from. And I need an origin story of this and I need this and that. And it's like, okay, well, why can't we just leave it as, hey, this character played a role in this story and we don't need to know every single thing about them. That being said about Yoda, him being younger and training, sure, that would be cool. I agree with you. I don't think we need to know where he's from. And I think that would be a really cool moment between him and Grogu. Like I said earlier, they had to have known each other. If they were there when the Jedi Temple fell, uh, he had to have, you know, at least learned from Yoda once or trained with Yoda uh, in the temple. So I'm interested to see how that plays out in the Mandalorian and in future kind of Grogu stories of how he related to everybody in that Clone Wars, you know, Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith time period uh, and where he goes from there. Because we got, like, little bits from Ahsoka. Um, and that was honestly one of my favorite moments from the this, this season, if not the series, of finding out that, like, there is this darker past for this little adorable cute baby. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see what goes, what comes of that. So thank you so much for your support. Mm-hmm. Really uh, appreciate it. Thanks for kicking off the new year with a great answer. And we're going to head back to John. All right. Yeah, we just have a couple of minutes here. I just want to remind everybody um, about our, our sort of adjusted schedule while there's a live, um, not live, but uh, live action Star Wars series going on. Uh, so obviously the TRB episode, you're getting this on Monday. Uh, that is not changing. Uh, we may sort of mix these episodes up a bit and sprinkle in you know, Will of the Force, One with the Force, stuff like that. Uh, during these runs where there's a, a Star Wars series going on to which we will be doing live streams for. So you're still getting us twice a week. Mm-hmm. We're making sure that always stays. So um, Wednesdays through November 9th, you're going to get the Mando Fan Show. Three of us, it's TRB, with a different disguise over it. But um, <laughs> And then, of course, your podcast feed is going to get hit with the Mando Fan Show on Thursdays as well as the article version on Star Wars News. So it's going to kind of feel the same as well for you. We like familiarity. We like consistency. So we want to make sure we do that for you. But again, the Monday episodes, we'll always do the Resistance Report. Sometimes we'll pop in a Will of the Force, maybe a little one with the Force. We'll make sure you're getting your all your doses of TRB. And then once the Book of Boba Fett ends, if there's any sort of lull, we'll go back to the Monday, Thursday TRB, as you know it. But either way, you're always going to get us twice a week. And it's always going to be on all your podcast apps. Uh, as normal so do not adjust your dials just know that uh, Wednesday nine o'clock through November 9th and probably one week beyond that because we do a wrap-up show too like a sort of what happened this season so probably November or November look at me uh, February 16th we'll do uh, like through February 16th we'll do the Mando fan show and that'll be live Wednesdays uh, nine o'clock for the most part if we need to adjust it we'll let you know but think around that time on Wednesday evenings live with us and we had a great time last week 
Um, right? Yeah, I mean, it was yep. such a fun time. Mm -hmm. So look forward to this Wednesday where uh, Adam Witt is going to join us. You probably know him from either the Schmodown or the Movie Guys. Uh, he's an editor, writer, comedian. Uh, we had Lacey, we had such a blast with him, right? Wasn't that? Uh, I remember talking about Kylo Ren with him. Yeah, he's time. a he's a fun guy. Yeah, and James, he's from your your turf, Ohio, and I think maybe even Dayton. Yeah, so that I think, should be. I think he was. He time. said he was from Dayton, and I was like, "You, you live in Dayton?" He's like, "I used to." <laughs> Let's clarify. <laughs> I do not yeah. anymore. And I was like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, so um, look forward to that. Join us on Wednesday. But uh, that pretty much takes us to the end of the show. So we just want to thank everybody for listening and watching and being a part of TRB. Like Lacey said, subscribe on your preferred platform. Of course, the channel as well. Uh, make sure you like this video. If you are watching on YouTube, leave a comment and share with a friend. Spreading the word is, is huge. And what Lacey said before about Spotify and the ratings and stuff, we've had a big response from people. So if you found us through Spotify, that's awesome. Throw us a five-star rating. Share a link with a friend. Uh, the word of mouth has really helped us a great deal, so thank you. Uh, make sure you're also going to StarWarsNewsNet.com for all of your Star Wars news, reviews, editorials, information, and more. Um, Store.ResistanceBroadcast.com for the Mando Fan Show Season 3 shirts. Makes a little too happen. All of our merch. Um, and that's about that. You can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey. Writing and editing at Star Wars NewsNet and my movie podcast, Just Like the Movies. Our next movie is going to be the original Austin Powers. Uh, so look forward to doing that uh james um you can find me on twitter and instagram at myra trunks and uh also on the mando fan show like we were talking about earlier don't forget mandalore amando minute is happening every morning of a new yes. episode of the book of boba fett so uh if you get up early if you want to watch it or you watch it in the afternoon whatever um once you're done Go check it out uh, and just see our initial reaction. Um, maybe not all of us. It's usually one of us that jumps on, but it kind of gives you a little bit of a heads up what's going on in the Mando fan show later because we can kind of get a vibe on uh, what's going on, what happened in the episode. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. Those are fun uh, as early as they are sometimes. But uh, Lacey, how about you? People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin. All right, that is it. We will see everyone Wednesday night live, and if not, Thursday on your podcast feeds with the Mando Fan Show. Uh, but until we see you next time, we will see you around, kids. <laughs>